Isn't that incredible? Oh, man. How many of you guys want to rewind the clock a little bit and go experience an Encounter Youth Retreat? Anyone? <laughs> Sounds like some good memories, right? Oh, man. So it's, it's truly an honor and a privilege to be here this morning just to have a moment to pause and to celebrate, honor, acknowledge all of the hard work, all of the studying, all the learning, all of the knowledge that these grads have acquired. And it's really been, I think, a season of preparation for them as they now launch out into the world uh, with zeal in their eyes and hope in their hearts to see their generation and their world changed through the power of the gospel. Amen? So we get to celebrate, we get to commission them. And I don't know about you, but when I watch that video, there's one word that comes to mind for me, and that's the word hope. I just am filled with so much hope, not just through that video, but as I've interacted with our, specifically the high school graduates over the past number of years, seeing them mature through the joys, also the challenges, and everything in between through the teenage years. I mean, this is a resilient bunch that is going to do incredible things in the world, and I am so, so eager to see where God takes them. So... Uh, yeah, we're just, we're going to celebrate them. And one of the things that we like to just remember about our youth here at ECC is that they're not just the future church, though they are, but they're the church today. And God wants to use them in powerful ways. He wants to speak to them. He wants to lead them to obey his voice. And through their just simple obedience, he wants to use them right now in this season to change history. Amen? Do you guys agree with me with that sentiment that we have about our youth? We're just so convicted and so compelled that God wants to use them in power, and we get to celebrate that today. So for those who don't, do not know me, my name is Oliver Denlinger. My wife and I, Carly, we have the privilege of serving um, here at ECC. We oversee the student ministry, uh, and it's a real joy to be able to do that. And one of the things that I love the most about working with this generation, uh, Gen Z, uh, that we're currently kind of training up and, and raising in the ways of God, is, is their they're a cause-oriented generation. Okay, this generation wants to give their lives to something um, that makes an impact, something that is measurable, right? And I've, as I've wor worked with this generation and I've walked alongside them, I've seen the creativity, the innovation, the entrepreneurial nature that's just hard set within them from God. And uh, man, just so encouraged and so privileged to be able to see that. And one of the things that I think we all need to be aware of as this generation is kind of entering into the world, so to speak, um, is just some of the things that are happening in the missions world. And so this kind of reveals kind of one of the burning uh, core elements of my heart is seeing the gospel taken to every last known people group on the earth. Okay, and I have some really good news for you this morning. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this or you're aware but in two years, when these high school graduates are, many of them, the age of 20, uh, two years from today in 2025, every known language on planet Earth will have begun translation in their mother tongue for the Bible. Okay, two years from now, that process will begin. It's encouraging, is it not? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. As we have the word of God, we can reach every last known people group on the face of the earth with the good news of Jesus. Okay, fast forward 10 years, so a decade out, seniors, right? Think about what age you'll be, dream about what you'll be doing at that time. But it is projected and predicted and that in 2033, that process of translating the Word of God, the Bible, into every known language on planet Earth will be completed. 
it will be wrapping up. And these are not high and lofty predictions. Uh, these, are, these are, you know, as they track the pace and the trajectory, this is, this is realistic that this will be taking place most likely in, in 10 years from now. So how many of you guys are encouraged when you hear that? And Gen Z, as you guys are entering into this space, amen. As you guys are entering into this space, I just want to encourage you in a few ways. So I want to read a few things here out of, uh, out of John 15. Okay, and this is my encouragement today is I, I want to commission all the graduates as they enter in with, enter into the workforce, enter into missions, further training, etc. I want to encourage you guys to focus more on who you're becoming in Jesus rather than what you're doing. Okay, culture tells us so often that your value, your identity is found in what you do. Okay, but I believe the end goal in following Jesus is to become like Jesus, to represent his nature, his character, who he is, wherever you go and whatever he leads you into. Uh, every day and every moment, every interaction is an opportunity to be hands of healing, to be a, a word of encouragement to those around you. So John 15, verse 5, it says this. Jesus speaking here. He's giving this beautiful imagery. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's my commissioning charge for our graduates. Jesus is the vine. He is the one who is the source of life. He is our salvation. He is our healing. He is our restoration, our redemption. Okay, and us, we are the branches. The only way that you all are going to bear fruit in your lives is through staying connected and plugged into the vine, abiding in him, right? That word abide simply means to remain, right? To stay, to be steadfast, to be stuck into. In some, some ways, it means to become a dwelling place, right? That Jesus would be represented in us and that we would be able to represent him to the world around us. And Gen Z, I believe, and graduates, as you go from this place, that is my charge, is that you guys would be abiding in Jesus all of your days, right? And out of that place, it's not maybe you will produce fruit, or there's a small chance, it's you will produce fruit if you remain in him. And later in that chapter, Jesus says that, he has chosen you, speaking to his disciples here, right? He has chosen them and he has appointed them that they might bear much fruit and that they would go and to, you know, bring the kingdom and bring the ways of Jesus that he showed us to the ends of the earth. And I believe we're living in a generation where that is feasible and that is possible and we're going to see that um, in the days ahead. So I'm just really excited, really, really excited for that. And I wanna, I wanna encourage you in one other way as well. As you guys go from this place, there's gonna be so many things that you could give your life to. So many causes, so many initiatives. And I really want you to think about, you know, your life five decades, six decades, seven decades from now, right? When you look back on your life, you will realize that you gave your life to something. Every one of us will waste our lives on something. It's just a reality. Okay, and I wanna, I wanna encourage you even from the outset here, as you guys are graduating high school, entering into the world, would you waste your life in a wise way? Would you give your life to an, an eternal cause, something that will make a difference in the lives of other people, right? Jesus came as one not to be served, but he came to, um, to serve and to seek and save that which was lost. 
And I want to encourage you guys, lay down your lives for what it is that God is doing in your generation. There's no greater joy, there is no greater uh, privilege than to be able to partner with God in this age and what he's doing and to see the nations of the earth reach with the gospel and in the midst of that, seeing your neighbors as well impacted with the good news of Jesus. So we're going to do something fun today, okay? How many of you guys enjoy fun? Woohoo! So... As Jim said, the format of the service is going to be a little bit different. And one of the things that you may have heard mentioned uh, in the video, I think it got mentioned a few times, was the Wednesday night prayer watch over at Gateway House of Prayer. And so every Wednesday night, uh, this has been going on for about a year and a half now, the youth will gather from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock, and we spend time praying and interceding and worshiping and just hosting God's presence, believing for breakthrough in the region. And they are filled with faith that God is doing something here that is unique, that is special, and that will lead to many people experiencing Jesus, falling in love with him, and laying down their lives to take this gospel message all over the world. And so they are, they're going to be leading us here in a few moments. Um, and what I want to say is one of, the, one of the frameworks that we have adopted over the last year within the student ministry Uh, is what we see in the early church and what we see depicted in Acts 2.42. So what that verse says is that the the early church, the believers, they devoted themselves to four things. To fellowship, to the breaking of bread, praise the Lord, right? To the apostles' teaching, and to prayer. And we're going to extract one of those elements here this morning, and we're going to really showcase what it is that we as Encounter Youth love to do and what the students love to lead forth in uh, is prayer. And, you know, I just want to reflect on something that Pastor Kevin uh, brought with him when he was installed here at ECC as lead pastor back in 2014. Uh, He brought with him to that service a transition from Barry Whistler, the founding pastor here at ECC, uh, over to his leadership was 12 declarations for this house at ECC. The first declaration is that we would be a people and a house of the presence of God, right? And then the second, the second um, declaration is that we would be uh, a house of prayer, right? That this house would be a house of prayer. And I just want to read that declaration that Kevin penned at that transition service because it really is who we are. Kevin wrote this. He said, may effort a community church be a people of prayer, expressing our humility before the Lord and our dependence on the Lord, reflecting his desire that his house is to be a house of prayer. As many of you know, you know, right across the parking lot here, we have a 24-7 house of prayer, truly a sign and a wonder, a whole region coming together to pray. Um, And, you know, that is incredible and it's great and it's beautiful. But more than just having a geographical place set aside to pray, I think God's heart is that we would become a people of prayer, right? This would not just be our last resort, but it would be our first response. That in all situations, in all circumstances, we would pray for the kingdom of God to come on earth as it is in heaven. And we would give ourselves to that day and night, right? So we see this in Matthew 21, right? Jesus coming in to the temple uh, on his triumphal entry into Jerusalem leading up to, uh, you know, the week right before his crucifixion. Jesus comes in, he cleanses the temple, and he realizes this is being used for purposes that it was not designed for. And he he makes the statement and the claim, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. And I think we really need to embody that in greater ways 
And I think that our youth are really leading the charge from what I've seen. They provoked my own life in how they pray. And uh, we get to experience that here today. So worship team, I'm going to invite you guys to come up and get set. And what we're going to do here this morning is we're going to pray, okay? We're going to spend some time in small groups, and we're going to be led by our youth praying uh, for the, the things that are upon God's heart, his purposes for our region. And so what we get to do and what our, our student ministry team has been doing over the past several months is we've been combing back through the archives uh, that we have of various prophetic words that God has spoken over the youth and the children here at ECC. And my heart is so encouraged when I read them because what I see is I see God starting to do the things that these prophets spoke about, some dating even three decades back into the early 90s. And so our youth are going to take us on a journey, and they're going to review some of these prophetic words that God has spoken uh, over the youth, and they're going to share their own testimony and some scripture that God has laid on their heart, and they're going to lead all of us into a time of prayer in small groups for the things that are upon his heart. Does this sound fun? Okay. If you're new among us, and this is something, uh, you know, that you weren't expecting to do today, I just invite you to join a group, right? As I always tell the youth, be invitational, be intentional as you're looking for people, be friendly, right? Everyone loves a friendly person, uh, and invite people into your group. Okay, so in a moment here, we'll split up, and we'll get into groups four or five. You can introduce yourselves, and uh, we'll just allow the seniors to lead us. But first, you guys are all probably asking the question, why do you have this golden stick in your hands? Okay, fair question, I know. Uh, this is a running baton, okay? And so I have it up here this morning as a way to invite you into something. Okay, our youth, for the past year, a little over a year, they've been contending and they've been praying every Wednesday night saying, God, we want to see your kingdom come here in Ephrata in greater ways. And we are knocking on the door, say, Lord Jesus, come. Would you have your way? We want to see you glorified. We want to see you magnified. Okay, and what I believe is so powerful is when the generations come together and we begin to work in unity with one another, right? Both honoring the parts that each other carry. And I'm shamelessly extending this baton and with great sincerity in my heart, I'm saying, would you grab hold of this baton and would you run with us? Would you believe with us for what it is that God desires to do uh, here in our region among the youth and even in the schools right here uh, in, our, in our area, in our communities? And so here's what we're going to do. The team is just going to lead us. Um, but what I want you to do is I want you, everyone to stand up for those who are able. And like I said, we're going to find groups of four, groups of five. Just find some people around you. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Be invitational right? Welcome people in. can do this all over. Let them know who you are, right? This is a great way to meet some new people, meet some new friends. And in a moment, our seniors are going to come up and they're going to lead us in. So stay on, on cue for that in just a moment here. Good morning, guys. 
my name is Emma, and this is Megan, and we're both seniors here at Ephrata Community Church, um, and we have something that we want to share with you guys this morning. So there was a word received in 1993 at a youth retreat from Ken Kime. Ken Kime was a member at ECC, and he pastored a church in Clingerstown and served at Lifeway Church. This is what the Lord spoke through Ken. God says to the youth of this church, I have heard your cry, and I have called into your hearts and given you a reason for life. I have anointed you to be fruitful. I have appointed you to succeed in my kingdom. And the Lord says to you, do not think I am too young or this can't be about me. I have given you a place in this church. You will no longer be without a place or without a name. Today I name you those who have a purpose and I will pour out my spirit upon you and I will raise you up and give you purpose in your life and I will place my favor upon you. And the Lord says, there are those who have looked at you as one sees children and they have said their time is not yet. But the Lord says, the time is upon you. I will cause you to be the ones who lead the charge and who chant the battle cry. And I have given you the ability to accomplish all that you set your hearts and your minds to do. You will have joy and riches that cannot be equaled in the world. And you will say, now I know my God. And through you, many hearts will be blessed. I will give you the keys to unlock young people's hearts and set them free from the burdens of this life. You will give hope and life to a generation who is called hopeless and dead. So we have two verses here that sort of just emphasize and um, affirm this prophetic word, and that's 1 Timothy 4.12 and Romans 15.13. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So not only has the Lord given the youth a place in this church, but he has called us to be ones that set an example for the church, to represent him through our conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. He's given us a name and a place in a generation that says that we don't have one. And Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God's desire is for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be hope and a light in a generation that has been labeled hopeless. We are the light of this world and the time is upon us to be leaders and God has given us the opportunity to lead others to him and to step out in boldness to see the youth around us and our generation walking in their identity and their purpose. And I just wanted to share a quick testimony of how the Lord empowered me through this youth group and helped me step out in boldness. So I once believed the lies that I was too young and too powerless to ever have a voice, that I didn't know anything about the Lord and that I would always be inferior to the Christians around me, that I should just stay quiet. I believed this lie and allowed it to define me. It brought me to the point that in any church setting, I wouldn't speak, ask questions, or share my opinion. And if I was ever asked to, I would cry. Um, the, the devil took away my voice and I lived like this for about four years. I felt stuck. Then I attended ECC and Encounter Youth for the first time. I saw Jesus in a whole new light. Um, I experienced his love and Holy Spirit for one of the first times ever. And I saw young kids stepping out and taking action when no one else would. And I wanted that. I started to seek the Lord for myself, and as I did, he started to break me free from my chains. He gave me back my voice, he appointed me for a purpose, and um, he gave me boldness. I'm still breaking free of some of the chains, but the Lord's right there with me, and he's unlocking my heart so that I can unlock others, and he wants the same for you. He desires this generation, and it starts with us. 
God is calling us into leadership, giving us boldness, filling us with joy, and appointing us for a purpose. He is restoring our hope, a hope for this generation, our generation. We invite you all to find your groups of two or three and pray for Encounter Youth and just the youth of this region. We ask that you just pray for the fulfillment of this word and the two points that are on the screen behind me, just to pray for youth to live for their true identity and purpose in Jesus and to ask the Holy Spirit to empower youth with boldness to share the gospel.